Hello, and welcome to the inaugural episode of Boy Trouble. The voice you're hearing right now is me, Dr. Grace Sharkey. I'll be your host throughout the series. I'm a part of Feminist Boys Studies Research Group, bringing together researchers around society, culture, media, film, and education. We share one thing in common. We want to tell better stories about boys in Australia. You might already have heard the story about how boys are in crisis and have heard horror stories about the things boys are doing or rumoured to be doing. Boys are failing in schools. Boys are addicted to online gaming. Boys are too angry or boys are too disengaged and distracted. There's a whiff of truth in all of this. Certainly, some boys might be in trouble. But it's not all the same kind of trouble. We've discovered that the differences between boys are more interesting than the things they share in common. So, every week, this podcast asks, what's your boy trouble? We'll hear from guests about online misogyny and the so-called manosphere. We'll learn about sex and consent education pitched to boys, programs that work, programs that miss the mark. We'll talk through issues for mixed-race boys and boys of colour in Australia, who rarely see themselves represented in a media landscape dominated by white boys. And we'll visit some elite boys' schools to think about the ways that institutions create expectations for boys' behaviours and ways we can do this better. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest, Fanola Loughran. Fanola is a PhD candidate in the Department of Gender and Cultural Studies at the University of Sydney. She's a fellow member of the Feminist Boys Studies Research Group, her doctoral research considers the combination of online masculinist communities known as the Manosphere. Welcome, Finn. Thanks so much, Grace. Um, it's great to be here. So, Fanola, tell me, what is the Manosphere? The Manosphere is generally understood as a collection of mostly online masculinist or male-dominated subcultures. And these are as varied as pickup artists, men going their own way, involuntary celibates or incels, probably the most famous group, no fappers and men's rights activists. They're not all the same. Each represents women differently and each promotes a different idea about men and masculinity. So what are the differences between them? Well, pickup artists frame women as status objects to be pursued and acquired. Men going their own way, or MGTOW, frame women as the cause of all suffering in the world and therefore to be avoided at all costs. For their part, involuntary celibates, incels, are, according to the incels wiki, men who have the desire to have sex with a woman but who have not been able to for at least six months. Sometimes incels express a desire for women. Sometimes they're resentful towards women, but most often it's a bit of a mixture. And this can make incel online culture hard to read. No fappers and men's rights activists are quite different again. They're mostly worried about feminist women or women involved in advocacy for women's rights and conditions. They generally represent feminists as belonging to a conspiracy against men, where improvements to women's rights are 
secretly attempts to disempower or oppress men. But it also sounds like there's something that holds all this together as the manosphere. Is there something they all agree on? Absolutely. The central belief linking these groups is that it is men and not women who are the real victims of gender discrimination and sexism. For pickup artists and incels, for example, men are the victims of the women who don't want to date them. For men's rights activists, the family court oppresses men when it prioritises women and mothers in custody arrangements and family separations. So these are not the same issues, but the representation of men as voiceless victims is remarkably similar. I can't help hearing all this as a maturity problem. In my mind, it just conjures an image of a guy spending large amounts of time online, playing lots of video games, living with his parents in his 30s, and having limited or no romantic experience. Is this the kind of man you're talking about? I think that a man like this exists for sure, but the scale and influence of the manosphere can't be explained by a single stereotype. These are international online movements, and a lot of different boys, young men and older men, have been mobilised. So stereotypes of the, the dude in the basement don't help us that much. And I think some critical reactions to the manosphere have reproduced, oddly, patriarchal ideas about men. People look at incels or men's rights activists and say, of course they're like this. Masculinity is inherently violent. Or they say, of course they hate feminists. Men and feminism will never get along. And so they extend their critique from being focused solely on men associated with the manosphere specifically to men as an entire social group. I think we should avoid doing this especially as feminists, since our goal is to move away from static ideas about what it means to be a woman and what it means to be a man. But unfortunately, there is often a palpable sense of resignation, even despair about men in critical reactions to the manosphere. I can see what you mean. But isn't this despair somewhat understandable given the vile misogyny that is so fundamental a part of these spaces? A lot of the Manosphere content does seem to be direct attacks on women. Yes, of course. And feminism in particular has always had uh, an important role in identifying and criticising the problems with certain men's behaviours or ideologies. But I think we could do a better job at responding to the manosphere without resignation, without responding in a way that actually reproduces the lines of the sexist adage, boys will be boys. I'm not really happy with resignation or despair. They don't offer any impetus to change things. So Finn. What's at the heart of your boy trouble? I love this question. <laughs> I think the online manosphere is a real source of concern. That's where a lot of trouble begins. But I think we're also in trouble if we can't respond in more interesting ways to the issues that 
get boys excited by incels or men's rights activists or pickup artists. We need to ask questions about why, in our present historical moment, boys are drawn to this and give answers that are better than despair and that aren't just boys will be boys. So that's the trouble I'm sitting on. Luckily, I have lots of feminist intellectual resources <laughs> to draw on to help me think through this trouble. Right now, I am particularly finding the writings on men of Bell Hooks and Jacqueline Rose useful, both of whom I think walk the line well between being genuinely curious about men without slipping into some form of misogynist apologism that would serve to minimise or dismiss women's experiences of gendered oppression. Hooks, for example, pays a lot of attention to the ways that patriarchy harms men psychologically and teaches them that emotional expression is a weakness. And Rose, given her long-standing engagement with psychoanalysis, is interested in thinking about the gap between how men perform gender publicly and the complexity of who they are, of how they feel, and of what might explain their behaviour other than gender. But I know you've spent some time looking at incel websites, so I'm interested to know, is there any other possible response than despair at some of this, you know, incredibly troubling misogyny we see online? Um, you're right. I have spent my own fair share of time thinking about incels. And I think you're right. I think if we take the case of involuntary celibates or incels, then yes, there are some bad things happening here. But some interesting things too, including some diversity in the places that an incel could go. To give some background, incels describe themselves in contrast to a dominant masculinity that they call chads. If you quickly search online, you'll find a bunch of memes with Chad and also Stacey and Becky, and they become these characters that people on incel websites use to explain what's going on in their lives. So the Chad is a man who gets validation from having an ideal masculinity or even a hegemonic masculinity and from having other guys admire him. Chads are handsome with wide jaws and strong chins. And actually, you can't help but notice, Chad is always white. I've read lots of posts from some incels that are very critical about white privilege. And all the incels are acknowledging that not all men live up to ideals of masculinity. Not all men are tough, good-looking, successful, and so on. Masculinity isn't something that just empowers men. It disempowers a lot of men too. Yeah, that is so interesting, Grace. It feels like these spaces actually have some potential to sow seeds of a feminist awakening for these boys. And it makes me wonder, you know, why don't they become feminists? Why does misogyny become such a fundamental part of it? Why do they end up in the same manosphere as men's rights activists? Yeah, there's a bit of a twist with incels. They tell lots of stories of being ignored by girls or girls rejecting them, and they're partially blaming these Chad men. But more importantly, they're also blaming these female characters, Stacey and Becky, 
They think they're being oppressed because Stacy and Becky want to have sex with Chad, or so the story always goes. So incels are critical of masculinity, but they don't share feminist critiques of masculinity. They're not saying dominant ideals of masculinity are unrealistic, and dominant ideals of femininity are even more unrealistic. Instead, they're saying women can't be trusted, women are superficial, women just want these hunky chads. Yeah, women are often treated as scapegoats in these spaces. But I still think there's a reason not to be despairing here. These incels have clearly been drawn to a misogynist online space, but they've also been drawn into a conversation about the ways masculinity harms them. Surely there's an opportunity here, a different fork in the road that can take some of these young men, at least, towards a more feminist approach, to be more empathetic towards Becky and Stacey if we stick to those labels. I think that's where I want my boy trouble to go. If we set aside the horror at the spectacle of incels, we might find some moments of gender consciousness that could be helpful. And that will depend on how we respond to them. I'm glad this doesn't sound all too despairing, but we both know there is some horror too. Those of you listening might be aware that incels became part of popular consciousness in 2014 with the Isla Vista killings. A 22-year-old called Elliot Roger made a YouTube video and released a 141-page autobiographical manifesto titled My Twisted World, The Story of Elliot Roger. He talked about his romantic and sexual isolation, particularly the fact that he had never been kissed. These are now common incel themes. After uploading the video, he attacked, among other places, a sorority house, and he killed six people. It's really upsetting to read through the police reports. Roger has subsequently become an icon for incels. There have been other acts of violence perpetrated by those who identify as incels who claim to do so in Roger's image. His picture gets drawn in various stylized ways. It's like his name and face have become a code for a secret society, one that only insiders get. And to be honest, it's really hard to grapple with this online space. For sure, these boys and young men might be sharing important feelings of isolation and vulnerability, but they're also attaching themselves to this figure who murdered six people and who murdered them in an extremely gendered way. I think you've struck on the key issue in terms of the role of researchers in relation to the manosphere. I mean, we want to think about boys and young men beyond this framing of the boy problem beyond only negative stories about boys, but we also want to hold some boys and men to account. And as I look at some of the pathways that lead boys through to the manosphere, I am increasingly wondering, how do we care about troubled boys? Surely they need us the most? That was our boy trouble for this week. Thanks for staying with us and staying with the trouble. We'll be back soon with another episode. And I want to thank the fabulous Fanol Lochran, my boy trouble soulmate. Woo! Thanks so much <laughs> for having me, Grace. Boy Trouble is a podcast produced by members of the Feminist Boy Studies Research Team, which is a collaboration between the University of Sydney and the University of Technology, Sydney. This program was made on the unceded lands of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. 
The podcast was produced by Peter Adams from the University of Sydney School of Humanities.